When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yahoo has changed their rankings once again. So in today's podcast, we're going to break down the biggest rises, fallers, and are they in the right spot? Let's talk about it. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And yes, we are doing a show reacting to the changes in rankings from Yahoo over the weekend. Um, just did my deep sleepers and sleepers and bust videos last week, and a few of those, uh, or a few of the information in those shows are now. A little bit off. I think for the most part, there wasn't a wholesale changes uh, changes in the rankings, but there were a few specific players that jumped up quite a fair bit. So we are going to go through and discuss where they are at the moment. My new thoughts on where they are going in drafts is if this affects where they go, if it's too high now, if it's too low, um, and we'll go through and break all those ones down. Previous podcast, if you haven't already and you are very interested in auction drafts, go and check out the auction mock draft that I did with uh, Adam King and Raph from Roto World. He is, um, or oh, it was a very difficult thing to do in terms of doing an auction draft and uh, running a podcast at the same time. But I, I thought I did okay. Probably a few things I would have done differently, but go and check that one out there, guys, and uh, give that one a big thumbs up. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys, if you are listening along, do subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is very... Um, my, my goal is to get to 10,000 subscribers before the season starts. So if you haven't already subscribed and you've been listening along and enjoying the content, I know there's about... 60% of you guys who watch my content that aren't subscribed uh, would very much appreciate if you go down, hit that subscribe button, um, and that would be really awesome. So we're going to start on the positive side, or not so positive side, I guess, the way you, which one you look at, but the Yahoo rises. These players all saw a bump in their fantasy basketball uh, or Yahoo Fantasy Basketball rankings, and we'll start from the guys who were furthest out in Asar Thompson, who uh, was in my deep sleek of... Deep Sleeper video at 222nd. Previously, he has moved all the way up to 141st. Now, this is starting to get to the point now where we don't want to see him go any higher. So, 141st, I still think it's fine. I don't necessarily think there's a whole bunch of value now. He is still someone I'm very keen on in taking in um, the last few rounds of the draft. But he's definitely not someone that I would be keen on drafting inside my top 10 picks. I still think there are 
a few uncertainties when it comes to Detroit's uh, starting lineup. He still has, he's a rookie at the end of the day. Rookie guards, we know that they struggle even if they do get big minutes. So by no means do I think he should be going inside the top 120, top 125. So at 141, it's still fine. But now he's no longer the, I guess, the, the sleeper that you'd have to scroll all the way down to to find his names there where he was at 222nd. Hopefully this is where he stops um, because we don't want to see him go too far and become one of those really overhyped guys uh, where he was value early in the preseason and now he's just being taken too far. But 141, I'm still okay getting him there in the last one or two rounds of your draft, but probably not too much higher than this. Kelly Oubre has gone from 219 to 153rd. I... I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Kelly Oubre. I don't think we really need to worry about him in fantasy basketball drafts. I know he was signed to the Philadelphia 76ers recently. I think that is obviously... Like, it's better than him not being on a team. But last year, he was the 92nd ranked player in 48 games. He did that on 32 minutes a night. And he had a sky-high usage of twenty, nearly 26 on a team that was... Smashed by injuries. Obviously, the Charlotte Hornets got a lot healthier this season. Now he's moving over to Philadelphia. I still think that he's a guy that is going to take a huge hit to his overall numbers compared to last season. He was in a much bigger role last year than I think any good team in the NBA would want him to be in. Um, So I do not expect anything close to last year's numbers. So I've had a few questions about, is this someone that we now take in the last few rounds of the draft? I don't actually think so. I think 153rd, he's not someone that I am bending over backwards to draft in fantasy basketball leagues. I think there are other better upside guys that peg in your last round. Look, theoretically, he does have upside from this point because obviously he did it last season. He's beaten that ranking the last four seasons in, in the NBA, but he's in Philadelphia. There's not too much usage to go around, I don't think, behind Joel Embiid and a few other guys there. So I don't think he's going to be asked to do a whole lot on that team. And he doesn't have rebounds. Um, he doesn't get you uh, blocks. The assists are putrid. Um you know, the field goal percentage and free throw percentages are poor. So he's got a few holes in his fantasy game. Look, the steals are okay and threes are okay. But outside of that, it's it's not too exciting. So I'm not too keen to draft him in the uh, standard ranges of um, fantasy basketball drafts. Josh Richardson, again, another guy who was on the Deep Sleeper um, podcast. So a bit of a theme emerging here. But he is someone going from 202nd to 150, which I think is about right. Now, he's not someone who I think has huge upside, but I expect him to start for Miami. I expect him to give us at least some solid points. Oh, sorry, not solid points. Solid threes, solid-ish assists and steals, perhaps. Again, not super high upside, but at least has what I think a consistent and solid role. So at 150, you could do worse than drafting him in your late round. He's, he's not someone I definitely wouldn't reach too far for. Um, but I think that at 150, it's not the worst pick. 202, it was, it was really good value. And you can get him even in like a 14, 16 team league as one of your later picks. But that's... May not be able to happen now with the 150th ranking. But again, not someone that I think if you miss out on him, I wouldn't be too upset. But 150 seems about right for him. Yusuf Nurkic goes back down to where he sort of was closer to previously. So he was ranked 160th before. Now he's back at 116, which is, I think, about right for him. I have Nurkic... 
Yep, just outside my top 100 on minus one rankings. In a nine-cat rankings, he's probably maybe even a bit further back than 116. But again, in a head-to-head league, I think it's more likely to go off that minus one ranking there. So 116, totally fine. I, I think that, look, you could beat this. Again, if you're not worried about the turnovers and the free throw percentage, he's he could quite comfortably be a top 100 contributor for you. But for a lot of our teams, he won't be. So... I think in 116, it's totally okay. Um, again, not too much value now there, in my opinion, like there was at 160, which was really, really weird, the fact that they dropped him there in the previous rankings, and now he's moved back up. So he's been all over the shop. Um, Josh Hart went from 132 to 115. He's someone that... He does some things. I think this is now starting to get a bit high for Josh Hart. That's inside your top 10 starting lineups. I don't think he's a guy that I really want to draft there at that spot. I think he is a decent guy. I think he actually, my projections have him ranking better as a nine category guy, but in his minus one rankings, he slides back a little bit. He's not going to score, but he'll give you solid rebounds, assists, and steals, and decent enough field goal percentage as well. So he does serve a purpose and fits along those sort of punt points builds quite nicely. So in that type of situation, it's not terrible, but I don't think his upside's all that high. Um... You know, he's he's not necessarily going to be a starter, but might play starters minutes. But then we've got Dante DiVincenzo coming over. So there's a few things changing there in New York. So I think 115 is marginally a bit high, but not too bad. Nothing to really get too stressed over. And if he does what you want, if he does what you need him to do, then at 115, it's okay. 132, you had maybe a little bit of value, but... I'm really splitting hairs at that point. Next guy here, Daniel Gafford, moved from 100, who was a sleeper for us, an undervalued player, up to 86. And this is where I think we're going to start to see if this trend continues, these players, I think, are going to start to get overvalued. Because at 86, I think that's starting to get to the point where I still think it's okay but if we start moving up higher than this, I'm going to start to become nervous about drafting someone like a Daniel Gafford because of the fact we've never really seen him play big minutes um, before. He's a guy that has theoretical um, good per minute value and good per minute production. His blocks are great, and, and he's done that um, well in the past. But remember, even as a starter, he only played... 24.7 minutes per game last season. So just because he's going to be their starting NBA uh, starting center for them, and yes, they don't have much in the ways of a backup center, but things change and things can change quite quickly. He's not necessarily someone that's going to be guaranteed to play 30 minutes for the entire season this year. I think he obviously will be better, and I do think that at 86, it's um, it's okay, it's decent, it's it's not too high. But again, if we go higher than this, we're starting to really put ourselves into that risk territory where it you're actually probably giving up too much for a player like Gafford, who is still unproven. Tyus Jones, this is one that I definitely think is too high. So Tyus Jones goes from 87 up to 75. I thought 87. Where does my projections have him? I actually have him closer to the sort of 90s, 100 range. So 87, I was okay. Even that was starting to get a little bit above where I wanted. But 75, I think that's actually far too high for me. Um, I know he did really well when um, John Morant was out and he filled in for those kind of uh, situations. But remember, when Tyus Jones was filling in for John Morant, John Morant was obviously not there. So he was the unquestioned playmaking guy for that team versus on a team like um, 
Washington, you've still got Jordan Poole there. Kyle Kuzma can take a bit of a playmaking role there. Danny Avdia has the ball in his hands and playmakes that team a little bit as well. Um, and I just think that we're really getting too far out ahead of ourselves with Tyus Jones, who's by no means a high usage player. Yes, he's going to give you some good assists and steals, but is he guaranteed to play 30-plus minutes a night? I don't necessarily think he's a starting NBA point guard for you know, many years. So does a team like Washington really want to prioritize a player like that? I, th- I think that 75 is starting to really push too high for me. And I think that you could probably get better value in other spots and potentially getting some guards later on that could give you close to what Tyus Jones would, would give you um, and, and sort of invest those high picks on something else. Chris Middleton, again, another guy who was in that undervalued podcast. He goes from 83 to 68, and I definitely think this is more reflective of where he should be going and and where his value lies. If I just look up where my projections have him, they do have him a little bit higher, but again, when you take into account a little bit of that injury and age risk, I think at 68, it's probably a nice spot to give him around that 60s mark. So maybe a smidge of value still left in there. I think he can be someone that's like top 60, top 55 maybe, but again, you probably don't want to draft him there with the risk of, you know, his injuries and age. So yeah, actually, I think that's pretty pretty bang on there where he should be going. So 83, obviously, lots of value. That's probably gone now if people are still um, going very heavily off these rankings. So 68, I think it's a nice spot. And Carl Anthony Towns, Moving from 39 up to 29, so I believe this is about where he was prior to the previous rankings adjustment. So 39 was, in my opinion, it was pretty stupid. Um, 29 is pretty close to where I have him. Yep, I've got him top 30 just. So, yeah, funnily enough, very close to where I have him, and I think that's that's a perfect spot to get Carlton Towns. He's kind of that guy that you get the beginning of that third round, uh, midway through the third round, I think is fine. Uh, I don't necessarily think you need to reach for him in that second round. Um, I kind of expect more of the same what he produced last season when he was healthy um, this season coming up. And interestingly enough, Carl Anthony... Sorry, not Carl Anthony, we did him. Giannis moves from 14 up to 9 as well. So he's been steadily increasing a little bit as well. So um, his... I think his ADP reflected something more similar to this, and obviously people are drafting him there higher in points formats and in head-to-head leagues. In a roto league, this is too high for me for someone like a um, a Giannis who not only has the free-throw issues but the concern around his knee in games played. He's going to sit a lot of games and, and manage that knee injury, which he's had for a few seasons now. So um, I think in head-to-head leagues, and I'm going to release a first-round video, I still think he's obviously a guy you want to take in the first round. So a pick nine, it, it is about where I would have him with a lot of guys at the back end of that first round having some question marks with players like Durant, who's very much not a dribble player himself. Damian Lillard uh, back there as well. Um, you've got players like LaMelo Ball, who hasn't produced at the first round value that we're expecting to take a bit of a jump up. Anthony Davis, who's an injury risk as well. So there are a few question marks all around that. I think Giannis is in that bit of a clump behind the consensus top six or seven players. So um, at nine, look, it's it's okay. Um, I think that's about right because of all those question marks with a lot of those other guys. He, he does still seem like one of the more safer versions of those guys if you're willing to punt the free throw percentage. Let's go over to the... 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fallers, the Yahoo Fallers on here. Not as many notable ones here, so it might be just a nice little quick podcast here, guys. But old James Wiseman has gone from 159 to 188. I think he's still about 188 spots too high. This man is just a terrible fantasy basketball player, but at least he's trending in the right direction. Um... Yeah, I just don't think we have to worry about James Wiseman at all. Dennis Schroeder, interestingly enough, went from 115 down to 135. I would have thought, if anything, he might have been a riser because of the hype after the World Cup, but maybe that was short-lived. I think that this is actually probably the better spot for someone like a um, a Dennis Schroeder. I've got him, yeah, probably similar, if not a little bit further back than this. He just has a few holes in his fantasy games, but again, he can provide you with decent enough points and assists, which have... Probably an elevated value than what his ranking suggests because those categories are harder to find later in drafts than a lot of the other categories. So I think at 135, that's a good spot for him. Once you, again, fill out your top 10 guys in in your standard leagues uh, in a 12-team format, um, he's definitely someone that you could consider grabbing with that 11th round pick to get you those assists. So I think that is a decent adjustment for him and has him in about the sort of spot I'd want to be getting him. John Collins is another guy who also fell back 10 spots. He went from the 90th ranked guy to the 100th ranked player. And I am having a hard time deciding what I feel about John Collins. There's a part of me that thinks that he is getting slept on a little bit because he is someone that we kind of, and I I don't know if anyone else does this, but I kind of feel like he's I think that he's older than he actually is, and then I go to look at his um, stats and his and everything, and he's still only 26 years old, so still right in the middle of his prime. He's had seasons where he's been a top 15, top 10 player before. Only just a few seasons ago, he's had top 50 seasons. Only a couple of seasons ago, um, last year it was all well down, and he's by no means an older player. So I think that at rank 100, John Collins presents a decent amount of upside if he can get anywhere back to close to what he was doing. So in the 2022-23, so last season, he averaged 13 points, 6.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 0.6 steals, and a block. Compared that to the previous season where he was a 50th ranked player, he averaged 3 more points, uh, 1.3 more rebounds, the assists, 0.6 assists, the blocks and steals were the exact same. So it really was the difference of him getting an extra two shots per game and getting an extra rebound, 1.3 rebounds per game. And that catapulted him up 50 spots compared to last season. So I think that there's easy scope for him to improve from last season's number in a brand new situation. Um, so I think at up rank 100, where we've got him here on Yahoo, I think there is easy scope for him to do a lot better than that. And uh, obviously, we saw that last year with Larry Markkinen. I don't think that John Collins is going to have the breakout season that Larry Markkinen had last season. But 
it is definitely someone that I think we've gone a little bit too far on the sour side for John Collins. Um, and I don't think it takes much for him to really recapture uh, at least solid fantasy basketball contributions as well. And, he, and he, he's got a pretty locked-in role as a starting power forward for the Utah Jazz. Mitchell Robinson dropped from the 80th-ranked player to the 96th-ranked player. Let me have a look at where I've got Mitchell Robinson. He is an interesting one because in a minus-one sense, I think the, 80, the 80th-ranked player was probably closer to where I have him, but I probably do agree that I'd rather get him after pick 90 just because he is quite limited in what he provides, um, even more so than a lot of other centers like... The points are non-existent. The threes are non-existent. The, the the one underrated thing about his game is he does get you close to a steal per game, as well as the the blocks, rebounds, and field goal percentage. So compared to maybe some of those other guys who get you less than half a steal, that extra half a steal per game is something that boosts his value up a little bit more than those guys. Um, so that's interesting. Although. He did start to concede some minutes to Isaiah Hartenstein down the stretch of last year, and that is a real threat for him and his value because I don't really see him as this guy that he just is guaranteed, no matter what happens throughout the season, to be the starting center for the Knicks. It wouldn't surprise me if that switch is flipped at some point. I don't, I'm not projecting it to. I still think he will be the starter for the whole season, but again, I, it wouldn't shock me if that isn't the case. So... Whilst my projections have him a little bit closer to the 80 mark, I don't mind the adjustment of him going down to 96 because of those limitations and risk factors. And then this last one here, LaMelo Ball going from 8 to 10. Now, LaMelo Ball is someone that I have been slowly just ticking up my rankings, and I've settled in on him on my ranking boards as the guy you take behind Steph Curry because I think after you take Steph Curry and LaMelo Ball, then you're getting into that spot where you've got Giannis, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, lots of injury-prone and question mark guys at that spot. Um, And I think that LaMelo Ball, I'm not worried about his ankle injuries at all. He's young. He's got a very um, unique stat set. As soon as you punt the field goal percentage, he rockets up the board. So you've got a clear build that you can sort of start to to go around. And I think that he is someone that we were projecting at this spot last year anyway. So I feel more comfortable drafting him ahead of those other guys with a few more question marks. So for him to move back that way, maybe presents that opportunity for some of you guys. If you do fall into pick nine or 10, if he is still there, he will be someone that I would rather go for than some of those older slash more injury prone players um, in a similar spot. So for example, in the previous thing, uh, Giannis went up. I'd probably, probably be more willing to take a Lamelo over a Giannis just because um, I feel more confident in Lamelo Ball being available more games this season. And I just prefer at this stage to go with the more younger guys because of that reason. And I think that there's more upside, more uh, or less downside probably is the, the better way to phrase it with a first round pick. But less downside at that point just because of um, his youth and because of the lack of a chronic knee injury that Giannis has. So I probably obviously haven't gone through all of the changes. There were heaps of minor changes, but these are the ones that really just caught my eye and were more significant. Um, a lot of players, players obviously moved down one or two spots when other players jumped ahead of them, but didn't want to include too many of those guys in there as well. So... Let me know what you guys think of the Yahoo rankings changes. Do you think they're going to be doing some more changes? Last year, if it, uh, memory serves me, the the weekend before, just before the weekend before the um, the big 
weekend where everyone was doing their fantasy drafts before the season started. They did one final change before that. These rankings now start to really reflect something quite similar to what I have in my projections, still with some value in decent spots. But I think a lot of the obvious big ones that happen at the beginning of draft season are pretty much gone now. So it's going to start to become really about your preference and how to build your team around. But when we get closer to the season, when things become a bit more clear, I will still be going through my top 10 uh, sleepers and my top 10 busts as we get a bit more clarity from preseason media day and all that hype starts to really build up. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Head on over to ballboysmbo.com and get your season guide now. Get yourself a membership. Get access to my projections. The Dynasty rankings are coming soon, guys. I'm very excited. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.